Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. Jeff Tenbrook is a contributor to atopicdermatitis.net. Atopic dermatitis, commonly known as eczema, is a skin condition that causes dry, extremely itchy, and scaly patches on the skin. Jeff was diagnosed with it as an infant. While some people who are diagnosed with atopic dermatitis as children grow out of it, Jeff's eczema continued throughout his childhood and into adulthood. From what I understand, around eight months old, I uh, developed a rash on my body, and my parents took me into the doctor. And you know, after some further uh, discussions and appointments, they realized that I had eczema, which wasn't a huge surprise considering both my dad and grandpa have it. Um, but that, but that's how it started. And then talk about having eczema as a kid. Did you experience bullying? I did, mm-hmm. mostly in elementary school. At that point in time, my skin was pretty bad and I had a lot of facial eczema, so I had a, a bowl cut to kind of cover it up on my forehead. I don't think that helped much. But I think school-age children can be pretty cruel. So, you know, looking back, not super surprised that it happened. It is unfortunate. But, you know, as time went on, didn't really pose to be an issue. Um, started develop Started to develop ways to explain my condition to others and, and my self-confidence grew as time went on. So not so much at my current age, every once in a while, you know, someone might make a comment, but I think it's more of a curiosity type thing rather than bullying. And more often than not, I'll actually just address the elephant in the room right away and, and let everyone know what's going on. Um, I know it'd be, might be kind of crude, but you know, when my facial eczema is really bad and I'm having a bad flare, you know, it can look like I haven't slept for some days or, you know, it, it just doesn't look it. So I like to just get it out of the way. So it's not a lingering question in the back of their head. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. I, I have a couple of nephews who have eczema and I know that they've, they've experienced bullying as a kid or, you know, bullying in school because of it. And I wonder, like, how did you make that transition from being a kid who's kind of, um, you know, self-conscious about it to, it sounds like now you're just, you, you take the initiative. That's a good question. And it really did affect me a lot. I ended up seeing a therapist probably around age six, Mm -hmm. I'd like to say, and she's the one who kind of taught me how to deal with it on a social level. But from, from taking those principles that she taught me, you know, as time went on, I just became more confident in my appearance and my personality. And I realized that the skin might be an external thing that people are noticing. But deep down, I knew that it was my personality that they really cared about. So I think it was just my confidence level increasing and. and and that's how I kind of transformed into my current mindset on it and how I approach instances of questioning or bullying or anything like that. I think that's great. You talked in one of your articles on atopicdermatitis.net 
about how you've worn long sleeve shirts and pants to cover your eczema, yes, um, even in warm weather months. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll you know start off by saying that's probably one of my least favorite things to do, but I've found that it's oftentimes easier to wear longer clothing than be questioned about the condition, especially when it's really bad. Um, you know, now that I'm actually on Dupixin, it's not something that I do nearly as much because my skin is cleared up. But typically, I guess in the past, what I would do is wear Under Armour. So if any listeners aren't super familiar with that, it's really lightweight fabric that's breathable and and quickly um, dries out if it's wet. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of just an external barrier I'd use to cover it up. It allowed me to still feel relatively comfortable, but kind of blocked off the skin issues that I was experiencing at the time. Now, I, with that being said, I, I never really wore pants or jeans or, you know, khakis, whatever it may be in the summer. I, I pretty much stuck with shorts anyways, because the skin below my knee is, you know, historically, historically fares well. It's Mm. the skin behind the knee that really gets bad. So, um, yeah, mostly mostly longer clothing in the summer. I, I actually for a period of time I would wear a lot of button down shirts. And the reason why I did that is because they're typically lightweight. Uh, a lot of air can, you know, flow through it and uh it just makes you look good. So I felt like I wasn't really getting a lot of questions when I was wearing a button down shirt. So I kind of leaned towards towards that method for a while. It's it's interesting to me because I um, in talking with one of my nephews about this, like he also likes to cover up. He's a, a young man, just finishing like high school, and um, but he he told me that it the warmer clothing can sometimes trigger sweat, and that can be irritating for his eczema as well. So it's I think it's such a struggle to try to you know keep yourself from being bullied or asked about it or constantly harassed about it, but also making sure that you're taking care of your skin. That's hundred percent correct. It, that, that's definitely why I, I opted for those two clothing options because I found that in the heat of summer, it provided me with the most comfort while still covering my skin up. Yeah. How is your daily life now impacted by eczema? What do you experience? Well, I experience a lot of dry skin. I feel like I'm more or less constantly moisturizing. I experience a lot of eye issues. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm very allergic to dust, pollen, mold, uh, and pets in general. So I would say those are are the two battles I fight almost constantly. Other than that, since starting Dupixent, my the, my skin has improved leaps and bounds. It's actually the most clear it's ever been in my entire life. And with that being said, it's still not fully clear, but to me, it's, it's a huge improvement, so I don't mind. Um, so I don't have to deal with 
the topicals nearly as much. Of course, if I'm having a bad flare on my face or my hands or what have you, I, I'll apply topical steroids, but that's more or less a thing of the past at this point. It, I mostly deal with, like I said, the dry skin and the eye allergies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what I feel are the biggest two complications at this point in time. And you mentioned that you're allergic to pets, but I know you wrote about having, you have cats. Your family has cats at home, right? Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> and uh, to be quite honest, up until about 2012, I really disliked cats a lot. But when my parents, or I should backtrack and mention that at that point in time, I was already uh, off at school at Michigan State. So I wasn't living at home. And who am I to tell my parents how to live, especially if I'm not living there? But uh, they really wanted cats, so they went to the Humane Society and picked them up. And when they brought them home, they were just so cute and adorable. So I, I instantly fell in love, and I, I learned to to deal with it. Um, you know, it didn't have its, or it definitely had its its challenges. But over time, I found out a good way to manage my cat allergies while still coexisting with them. First and foremost, have to take the allergy medicine. When they first got the cats, I'd show up to the house, and within 15 minutes, I was miserable. So I'd have to go take some Benadryl because I found that's what works best for my pet allergies. And after doing that, I'd fall asleep on the couch for a few hours <laughs> because the drowsy nature of the medication. So over time, um, that actually lessened, and I, I've read from multiple sources that Individuals that have a lot of exposure to certain animals actually develop, um, or I should say, their allergies lessen over time. And I found that to be the case with my pets. So in addition to the allergy medicine, uh, there's a strict rule that the cats were not allowed in my bedroom. So the the door was always shut. Mm. And if they managed to sneak in, which they often uh, do, uh, they were quickly quickly removed. Um, but then there's the issue of playing with them and, you know, love my cats and want to play with them and pet them. So I found that the best strategy for that was to save that portion of my day for either first thing in the morning or at night. And the reasoning behind that is it would allow me to wash the allergens off my body. Cause typically I take a shower in, in the morning or the evening. So, uh, that's, that's how I approach that. That's great. I, I have a cat too, and I, I can't imagine not not falling in love with a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. So what do you wish people knew about eczema? I think a lot of people are under the impression that eczema is not a big deal. And as someone who's lived with it for 27 years, I can tell you it most definitely is a huge deal. A lot of people aren't aware of the lack of sleep I experience or the debilitating pain that I have when my skin is flaring or when, it, you know, the allergies that I have to deal with on a daily basis. I just wish that others were, I guess, a little bit more sympathetic to my condition or a little bit more knowledgeable about my condition, which is where organizations like the National 
eczema association or uh, health union come in. Uh, and so far, I feel like they've been doing a really great job of breaking down that boundary and raising more awareness uh, of eczema as a whole, which is really great to see. But, um, you know, on a more personal level, I wish that people knew not to ask me about it. Like, for example, when when you see someone out in public that maybe might have a more visible health condition, like maybe they're disabled, uh, for example, you don't just go up to them and ask them what happened. That's just not very polite. I, I wish others would show the same courtesy to me at times. I feel like that can be pretty frustrating, but like I've already touched upon, you know, it's also a, a great opportunity for, for me to educate that particular individual, um, about eczema and, and maybe hope, maybe in the future, they won't make that same choice when they see someone else in a similar position. Yeah. In, in another podcast episode, I spoke with Diane, who's one of our advocates who has psoriasis. And she mm-hmm. also talked about how hurtful it is when people come up and ask about her skin condition. Um, and I, I asked her if there was, if there's a kind way to ask or like how, and, and she wasn't sure if there was a kind way either. So <laughs> maybe. It's- well, I feel like there might not be a kind way, but there's definitely a time and a place. Mm-hmm. No, I don't really mind if, if, if you, if you're really dying to know and you want to ask, that's fine. But doing it in a more private uh, situation, I think is ideal. You don't need to ask in front of a whole group of people and put me on the spot. I'd prefer if you just kind of took me aside and, and asked privately, I'd be more than happy to, to explain in a situation like that. That's good advice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share a story about how someone has been supportive of you? Yeah. Well, I mean, my parents, they're my biggest supporters. You know, I mentioned that my dad had, um, well, I would say had at this point, he's pretty much outgrown eczema at this stage in his life. He's 72. Uh, he was very understanding and I feel that maybe down on a deep level, he felt maybe kind of bad. I mean, cause I inherited the genetics from him, mm-hmm. but he was always there to take care of me. Uh, and I don't want to discredit my mom. She did a wonderful job as well. But I vividly remember as a child, my dad would be the one who would put the medicine on my skin every night. And he was part of my you know, nighttime routine. And I remember my mom always there in the early mornings, making sure I did my soak and seal before school as an elementary school student. So I'd say they're they're by far uh, my biggest supporters when it comes to my condition. They're always willing to help. Um, you know, my dad actually uh, on two occasions there was a national eczema association, um, like a seminar in Portland back in 2015, and um, my mom read about it in in the NEA magazine, and and she told us about it. And my dad actually offered to pay for the entire trip so we could both learn more about the condition. And then um, actually at this most recent conference in Chicago uh, last year, he, he did the same thing. When it comes to my mom, she's always supporting me by 
doing research on eczema, looking for moisturizers that might be beneficial for my skin or studies that I can participate in to uh, find a medication that might relieve me of my symptoms. So, uh, yeah, she's she's by far one of my biggest supporters, and I appreciate everything she does for me when it comes to my eczema. They're always there to support no matter what it takes. It's money, emotional guidance, or, um, you know, just helping me out with things that I need assistance with when I'm unable to because of my skin condition. They've got my back every single time. It's wonderful to have both your parents so involved and supportive. Yeah, it really is. I, I feel truly blessed, and I, um, I I honestly don't know how I would really handle it if it wasn't for them. Mm. You mentioned something about, uh, was it, is it soak and smear? Soak and seal. Soak and seal. Can you describe what that is? Sure. So essentially with a soak and seal... Um, you're supposed to sit in a bathtub of lukewarm water, not too hot because that'll dry the skin out and cold is just plain uncomfortable. But you sit in that bath for about five to 10 minutes and the thought behind it is it'll open up the pores in the skin, which will allow for better absorption of any medication or moisturizer Mm -hmm. that you're applying. So that was something I did quite frequently as a child. Now I primarily take showers, so it's not something I'm doing uh, as much now. But so after you get out of the bath, you're actually supposed to uh, pat your skin dry of all the water. Rubbing the towel can irritate the skin and and make things worse. So you pat pat your skin dry, and once that's done, you apply – the, the medication first and then seal it in with a moisturizer. Mm. Typically what I used at the time was Vaseline, but found that to be a major inconvenience as far as my clothing goes. It always get ruined and just be way too oily. Yeah. So we gradually switched to a cream, you know, a little bit, better uh, moisturizing capabilities than a lotion and not as oily as an ointment. So that's, in my opinion, the the best route to go. But that's the process in a nutshell. I'm just thinking about how much extra time that takes. Like when you're getting ready for school as a kid, for me at least, it always was like, hurry up, you know, get your lunch, make sure you, you know, don't miss the bus, get your book bag, blah, blah, blah. This is a lot of extra time that it takes the child and the parent to get oh, ready. 100%. The, the parents are the, are the true all-stars when it comes to the treatment, especially for younger children. And it, it also sounds like there's quite a bit of trial and error, like you talked about going from an ointment to a cream, and, and that, that takes yeah. a lot of time, and it can be frustrating. Oh, I agree. Eczema is is a very expensive condition to have. You know, what works for me might not work for someone else. So um, I find that statement to be very true. It, I can't tell you how many different lotions or creams or ointments I've tried over the years. But fortunately for me now, I've found one that works very well, um, which is CeraVe moisturizing cream. I I either use this or the ointment and it's actually 
it actually has the National Eczema Association's seal of acceptance. So uh, my advice for anyone that's looking for the, for the right moisturizer for them, definitely, definitely look in, in the skincare aisle for something with that seal of acceptance because it's already been approved for patients with eczema. So it typically has no fragrances or any harmful additives that might irritate one's skin. Yeah, that's an important part for sure. Yeah. What do you think is the value of an online community like atopicdermatitis.net for people with eczema? (laughs) No, I'll tell you, I wish I knew about atopicdermatitis.net, you know, at least a decade ago or or longer when I was really having... uh, major issues, but I think that it gives individuals experiencing uh, the same anxiety and discomfort surrounding a condition, the opportunity to learn from the mistakes others have made or the successes that they've had so they can take that information and apply it to their own treatment and their own eczema condition uh, and really cut that learning curve in half. I think that that's by far the most advantageous thing about being a part of a community like, like this. That's great. So I understand you have a sister as well. And, and eczema is something that affects the whole family. Like we talked about your parents, but it can also affect siblings very much as well. Can you, can you share a little bit about that? Sure. So Within my own family, um, I've got one sister that's my age and, and two older half-brothers that uh, weren't really living at home uh, during my childhood because they were already adults. Uh, and God bless my sister. She, she was a real trooper as well. She was very understanding and still is very understanding of my condition. But um, when you're a young child, I, I don't think you really quite understand the severity uh, and the severity of the condition and what it takes to really manage it. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad for her because I know, you know, there were times where, you know, we're up late at night um, doing my silk and seal. My sister is in bed trying to sleep and she can hear you know, my, my parents and I engaging. And albeit it was not a fun time, but in the mind of, of a young child, someone who's, you know, two, three, four years old, they don't really understand that. And they think, or I'm under the impression that one might think, oh, well, my other, my sibling is getting to spend more time with, with my, you know, sibling or older brother yeah. and, and less time with me. So I think on the psyche of a young child, that could be, that could be kind of difficult to grasp and difficult to deal with because they might feel like uh, time's being taken away from them. Mm-hmm. When that's really not the case. So my advice, you know, looking back on everything that transpired during my childhood is I think it's really important for parents or caregivers to to vocalize that to the siblings so they're aware of what's going on. I think that might make it a little bit easier for them to cope with and, and be more understanding of the matter instead of uh, viewing it from a different perspective that they're, you know, really not so knowledgeable on. Yeah. I think as children, it's, it's, it can be very competitive, right? You want to have, you don't even realize it, but you want to have as much attention as the, as the other person. And when, when one child has a condition like eczema or 
or any other condition. I think this happens with a lot of different diseases. It can be hard on the siblings because they don't, they, like you said, they may not even re- realize why they're feeling jealous or, or really the understanding of what the condition is about. But yeah, that's an important part. Of course. Well, is there anything I've, I've not asked about that you'd like to share? Yeah, I'd be more than happy to discuss the challenges of uh, sleeping with eczema. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that your your sleep is disrupted by it. And yeah. Um, how does eczema disrupt your sleep? Primarily the scratching. I can't tell you how many times I've stayed up all night scratching my, my skin to shreds, mm-hmm. whether it was from having an allergic reaction to something or uh, being too warm and and the sweat irritating my skin. I think that with eczema, sleeping is the most challenging part of the day. You know, you you want to get your rest, but but your mind is just so active with getting a scratch on your leg or scratch on your or scratch on your back and and it just kind of consumes you until you're literally so sleep deprived that you, you finally, you know, um, conk out for the night. Hmm. And that's something I have definitely experienced a lot in my life, especially when I was off at college or even after college, when I, you know, uh, was living on my own, a lot of the houses or apartments I lived in didn't have air conditioning, which I think is crucial for having a good night's sleep with eczema you know, fans, they work fine, but um, you know they're only limited to the space that you're currently occupying. Mm. So what I found to kind of mitigate uh, any issues I was having is I would always take Benadryl before bed. Um, like I said, that's an allergy medication that typically works best for me in in bad situations. And that also had the added benefit of making me a little bit more drowsy. And I'd often take some melatonin supplements as well to uh, give that a little extra boost. Uh, I'd always sleep with a fan or air conditioning if possible. And I'd always try to pick clothing that wasn't too heavy so I wouldn't sweat throughout the night. And later on, I started to develop a lot of skin issues on my back. So as you can imagine, that makes it really challenging to sleep in that position. Mm-hmm. So we went out and purchased a cooling pad for my bed and that worked wonders. I, I cannot, you know, advocate for that enough. Uh, that was actually, um, a game changer for me because at, at that point in time, when I invested in one, I had also had uh, surgery on my ACL so I couldn't sleep on my side. I couldn't sleep on my stomach. I was limited to sleeping on my back. And that was my major concern uh, post, post-op post is how am I going to sleep if if I have to lay on my back and it's itching all night long. Yeah. So that, that worked extremely well. I'd recommend that for anyone going through the same issues. That's a great tip. Thank you. Well, is there anything I've I've not asked about that you'd like to share? I haven't really come across... Um, much about eczema and intimacy. Oh, um, yeah. Which I think 
is a huge concern for a lot of eczema patients. You know, in in the back of my head when I was, you know, in my early teenage years and I started to develop, started to develop an attraction to girls, I always thought in the back of my head, you know, will will intimacy ever be a thing for me in my you know, over the course of my life with my skin, who really wants to see that or who wants to touch that, especially when it looks really inflamed. It's not exactly visually appealing. So that kind of goes hand in hand with that shift I made in my psyche where I I realized that people are more interested in my personality than my skin. Mm-hmm. And I think that level of confidence that I brought into social situations with girls and women um, really helped those individuals see me as me and not see me for my skin. So after kind of developing my social skills in that regard, I, I feel like over time it, it became a non-issue in my mind. I realized that, you know, yes, I will be able to be intimate um, over, during my life. Uh, I'm not going to repulse anyone or scare any way scare anybody away they are with me for me not because of my skin and that's really proved to be true in all of my uh serious relationships you know my current girlfriend uh when when we uh started dating i was um or i started to pixin maybe about a month or two into our relationship and you know it's kind of a concern for me um and she straight up told me, she said, I don't even notice your skin. I care about you. So don't don't worry about it. It's it's not gonna get between us at all. And you know, what everything's a, been great. What a gift that is. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. And and thank you for your time today. I've yeah, really, of course. I've enjoyed talking to you and I think your story is gonna help a lot of people. Great. Uh, well I'm happy to hear it. I've enjoyed it as well and I was really thrilled to receive an email about being on the podcast. I was really happy to hear that or see that. To read Jeff's articles and join the conversation, visit atopicdermatitis.net. You can find more health communities at health-union.com. Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward.